So Epiphany may be wondering, you know, why are we so late in this? Why is all this stuff still up? Well, it didn't seem, the calendar's really weird this year, and Epiphany on January 2nd didn't really seem like Epiphany. And remembering your baptism would probably be on this Sunday, and they had Epiphany other places on the 2nd, but you know about Epiphany, that's the biggest holiday there is. It doesn't need to get shortchanged by New Year's or anything else. So we're kind of wrapping it all into one space today in a very different way that I've never done before. Epiphany is a short season that draws so many images into life, like light and the child and gifts, new beginnings, aha moments. The time called Epiphany we celebrate today was actually on January 6th. You'll remember January 6th for probably the rest of your life because it'll be the day of the big snow that happened in Nashville and Hendersonville in that area. It's the final day of Christmas. December 25th is the first day of Christmas. And you would end 12 days later, depending on how you calculate it, with Epiphany, though it really is just a new season in itself. If you think about it, Epiphany would make a great theme for one of those light shows. Like we went to Atlanta the week after Christmas and, and we've been to Cheekwood and done that light show. We've been to Longwood Gardens and, and done that light show and another place I can't remember. And, and so we went to Atlanta and the Botanical Gardens light show. And you can't really do justice to this, though the pictures are pretty good, I would have to say myself. But this show nothing, has something we've never seen before. There were synchronized lights that were hanging from all the trees in this forest area that were all these long strings of lights that were all synchronized to every song and different patterns and all kinds of things. And they went as high, higher than the ceiling. And there are all these thousands and thousands of light strings in an elevated walkway where you walked around and you actually walked through it. And it was, i got to say, it was pretty magical <laughs> to, to see that and do that. Even one of the themes was Superman. So they, all the lights from the Superman theme from 78, all the lights turned red, yellow, and blue. And, and the whole bringing bring up that chorus from that movie was just like pretty popular. Of course, they had Frozen and Little Mermaid Christmas songs too with candy canes. You see in that lower picture. Lights. It's what Epiphany is all about. If you didn't get a candle on the way in, you're going to need a candle at the end of the service because for several years now, we have been lighting candles like we do on Christmas Eve on Epiphany. And today's going to be a great day for it. Not a bit of sun out there whatsoever. So you're going to be able to see. So if you couldn't join us on Christmas Eve, which a lot of folks in the past couldn't, or out of town, you'll be able to light those candles together as a congregation here on this day too. But beyond the dazzling lights of Epiphany, the one theme that really sells on my mind that comes from the last line of Matthew's Gospel here in Matthew 2, 1 through 12, and they left for their own country by another road. To be completely honest, it was modified in my head into the James Taylor version of this Gospel and the song that he entitled, Home by Another Way which I actually started my first Epiphany sermon here eight years ago, quoting, Those magic men, the Magi, some people call them wise or oriental, even kings. Well, anyway, those guys. They visited with Jesus. They sure enjoyed their stay. Then warmed in a dream, warned in a dream of King Herod's scheme, they went home by another way. Yes, they went home by another way. Wise men, kings, magi, we place them in our nativity, set there huddled together with their three gifts, next to the smelly shepherds, possibly an animal or two, encircling the holy family as they celebrate this new birth. But they weren't there at his birth. And the magi are mostly forgotten in the gift-giving of Christmas and St. Nicholas, but they're where the gift-giving comes from in the early church. In some countries, they still celebrate January 6th as the main holiday in which they give gifts on. But what if you were asked this question? For a million dollars, how many wise men or kings were there? After eight years, somebody should know the real answer to this. Dana, how many wise men or kings were there? It is unknown. It's a trick question. 
The trick question is even worse than that. Susan, what's the what? Four. Okay. That's great. Okay, great. The trick question, the answer is none. You know why? Because they weren't called wise men or kings anywhere in the Bible. So it's a trick question. There were none of kings or wise men. We know very little about them. They're called the Magi. That's what they're called in the Bible. But we do know that they were from the country of Persia, which is now Iran. And they worked as holy men and priests and teachers of kings. Most likely Persians or Austrians, not Jews. It was from this occupation that we discover that Magi is the root word of what, do you think? Magic. That's where the word comes from. Magic. Magi. Anyway, all that made me think about those wise men the tradition tells us might have been up to 12 plus their entire entourage of servants because nobody historically traveled in the desert in that small group anyways for fear of robbers and of wild animals that would attack you. So there would have been this huge entourage of people who would have traveled with three or four or twelve. And think about what home would have meant to them. How much might they have risked by leaving a familiar place where they evidently had status and wealth, enough to be called kings. The traditions that turn the Magi into kings is based on the three kings in Psalm 72 that says this, The kings of Tarshish and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba will present him gifts. All kings will bow down to him. Some traditions even gave them names. Do you know the names of the three kings? One begins with a B. Balthazar. Not you. You know this backwards and forwards. After eight years, I hope somebody else knows it too. One begins with an M. Anybody remember? You've already showed it now, so there it is. You gave it away! Melchior! And the last one is a friendly ghost. Caspar. So usually Malchior is from Europe, brings the gold. Caspar is from Asia, usually China. Balthazar is an Ethiopian from Africa, which is why if you have a deluxe set in full color, you might have different facial tones on each one of your kings. So they left their regal home and they journeyed for weeks, for years, following the star till they finally arrived in Jerusalem and the heart of Israel, the capital, the tiny but once powerful nation, and they sought an audience with King Herod. And when those wise men or magi entered the court of Herod, they approached the throne and probably presented to the king a number of gifts representing the finest products of their country and their culture. And then one of the noble visitors stepped forward and said, Where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? What? Where is he? We're in a palace. You see, the Magi would have assumed quite naturally the birth that was heralded by the star would have taken place in the royal city, in the palace where kings were born. They would have expected the newborn Jesus, king of the Jews, to be the son of the lastborn king of the Jews. But when the question had been asked, it would have been quickly apparent that such was not the case. Whoever's birth was proclaimed by the star, it was not the son of Herod. Which could only mean there was some other king of the Jews, somehow, somewhere, I mean, surely Herod the king knew of his own prophecies. The Magi knew all about the Messiah, probably taught by Daniel. You know, the exiled Jews, you know, Daniel in the lion's den. Well, he went and became a Magi himself. He was, to the king, a priestly advisor. 
And he passed down through the generation after generation the stories of the Hebrews and the, and the promises of the Hebrews to these non-Hebrews. They knew all the prophecies. And they were endowed with great minds and resources and opportunities. They were cult heroes of their day, yet they had a deep longing to find the Messiah. And for years they gazed into the heavens, looking for the star that would appear in the sign of Pisces, the fish, for the birth of this Messiah. And they were well-versed in Hebrew literature and understood that one day God was going to break through the darkness with God's light. And the Hebrew Bible told them there would be a star that would announce the birth of the Messiah. They found that in Numbers 24:17 that said this, I see Him, but not now. I behold Him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. So if the baby is not here, then where is he? Listen to the answer. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. All of Jerusalem with him. How might they have explained their quest to Herod, who welcomed like they were diplomats? But let them know that he had a little job for them before they could return home. Go and find the child so I might too pay him homage by killing him. That old fox hair pretended to be just as interested as his visitors in the so-called newborn king of the Jews. And all the while he planned to use them as spies to find this Messiah child so he could kill him. And perhaps the, the three kings were called wise because they saw through Herod. They saw that his motives were not pure. And the Bible then says, which is the most important part of the story, the Bible then says they went to the house, house, not a stable, not a cave, where the child was, not a baby, a child. And some say it would have taken the Magi two years to make the trip from where they were. And there is the fact that that Herod ordered the death of all male children under the age of two, not just birth. There had to be a reason why he did that. So either they started out two years before his birth and arrived soon after, or they came to see him sometime before the age of two. The word used here is child, not baby or infant. And those wise men, those sages, those magi, they found what they were looking for in Bethlehem, in Judah, just as the prophet had predicted, just as the Scripture said. But the question, where is he, speaks as much to us in our condition as it did to the magi. And the lesson they give to us is this. When it comes to finding and filling your soul's deepest needs, the issue is not what you know, it's where you go. It's not what you know, it's where you go to fill your soul. Knowing the Bible, not living it out, it won't help. Studying, reading it through in a year and being done with it doesn't really make any transformation if it doesn't speak into your life and into your heart. The issue is never what you know. The issue is where you go. Where is He? Where is Jesus in your life? Where is He making an impact on who you are in this new year? What needs to go? What needs to stay? What do you need to say goodbye to? Where's that new hello that needs to happen? And even though they were far away from the safety and protection of their own homeland of Reford, they made a decision based on a dream. Because Matthew says they decided to go home by another way. They left for their own country by another another road. Defying Herod's request. Risking his wrath. 
They must have realized that their, their choice could have cost them their lives. That they could have been caught. That they might never make it home again. Yet it likely, and this is the interesting part, gave Joseph and Mary the time they needed to get away. See? It's all connected. The Magi listened to what God said, a God they didn't serve, didn't believe in, warned in a dream not to go back. And because they didn't go back and tell, or even go back, Joseph and Mary had enough time to get their child safely away and out of Herod's reach by a fast escape to Egypt. Part of the story we forget about because it's not wrapped up in Christmas the same way. Which certainly meant home by another way for them too. They were able to safely get home in a new place. And the decision on our journeys affects others all the way through. When we listen to God together, then God's able to put those pieces together in the right way to show the whole plan. To show everything. And I believe that when the Magi got up from the cradle, there had been a change in their hearts. That once they cast their eyes on the child, I love this picture, it is the only picture I know of that I've ever been able to find that represents the Magi coming to see Jesus as a child. Very different, right? And that once they cast their eyes on the child who would change the world, they became different men. They were not the same men who left their distant home. You see, home invokes many things to each of us. And actually, Rick has talked about this before. All mixed with memories and emotions and hopes and dreams. For some, a place of rest and respite. For some, permanent or temporary. Of safety and security, of growth and challenge. Home can be a tent, a house, a town, a geography, a church, or the love of the people that we find in those places. The poet Robert Frost said, Home is that place that when you have to go there, they have to take you in. Think about that. Sometimes home can become a fleeting image of a time that is long past, that cannot be reclaimed. Ultimately, home is an idea that represents a deep longing within ourselves that can never quite be realized with bricks and mortar or shingles or thatch. Home is here. This is home. Wherever home is, you've been home to me and to Susan and to Hannah for eight and a half years. You took us in. We worked together. You raised a daughter, taught a pastor, fed by a farmer. We've laughed and cried over what life has brought into our home and into our homes. And we found out that what home really is when we can't even be in this home. And how special that place of worship is to all of us. What the Magi, the wise men, these non-Jews found by the light of that star is that once the Messiah had come into the world, He became our true home. You see, Jesus was not only the reason they went home by another way, He became their home by another way. For all of us, He is our home. More than this place, more than these people alone, He is our home. He binds us together, prepares a place for us to all be gathered together as followers of Him. Jesus, our incarnate God, is our true home, the true source of our safety, our security, our growth, our rest, and our respite. 
No matter if you're sitting by your own fireplace at home right now, sleeping in your own bed, traveling in the world, or hiking in the wilderness by the incarnation of Emmanuel, our God with us, we are always home. Amen? Home is found within God. It's what the Magi learned. It wasn't the place they came from or the place they were going towards. It was Emmanuel. When we began this year into this Christmas season, following the star to Epiphany, we had no idea where the journey would lead us in January and that you and I would be taking another road to another home earlier than we thought. This one didn't come in a dream, but it definitely came in God's plan just the same. And there are many things over the years that I've learned from the wise men, the magi, the kings. But there are three here that I think would help us all on our new journeys, not only as good shepherd, but also as followers of Christ. And here they are. First, the wise men began their journey because of their beliefs. They were looking for a long-awaited Messiah of the birth of an extraordinary king. May God give us all inspiration for this year's journey ahead to look towards the king, to guide us, and to steer us. Second, the wise men were willing to follow what they had seen into unknown territory. Their journey took them outside their country and outside their comfort zone, risking the consequence of disobeying Herod. You see, what we don't seem to remember is the Christian journey is often an off-road excursion. You see, it's not a paved road. It's not an easy highway. It is snow-covered sometimes. It is treacherous. It is rocky. It has twists and turns in it. It has curves. It has the unknown that we don't expect. That is the Christian journey. And last, the wise men were committed to the journey wherever the star might lead. In this coming year of change, we need to look to God for guidance and comfort, and may we see God's blessings in whatever form or direction present themselves to be ready, to receive, to be ready, to give. And by invoking the memory of the wise men above our own doorpost, don't forget to bless your house with the Epiphany Chalk Blessing. We would normally do this at, the, at our open house, which we couldn't have yesterday, which really breaks my heart to have the last one. But at the same time, you can still do this. Take a piece of chalk, any piece of chalk, go to the top of your door frame. 20 plus C plus M plus B plus 22. And let God bless that house. And a reminder for you when you walk into it. If you can't figure out what that means, look it up. You'll figure it out pretty quick. A tradition that's been done for hundreds of years in other denominations. We're reminded there's a choice to go home by another way. And that another way is possible with the Christ child to be carried off in a hurry to a new home of hope and promise. They didn't want to leave their house. They didn't want to get up after they had settled down after he was born and finally said, Oh, look, the nursery's done. We're all good to go. Now we can just rest and everything is great. Until God spoke to them and said, You've got to leave now. No, I want to leave tomorrow. No, six months. Can I leave in six months? No, no, no. You've got to leave tomorrow because it's not about you. It's about the child. And they got away that new home of hope and paradise and lived a good long time in Egypt, the place where their ancestors had been slaves, until they came back into the country after Herod had died. And the Magi returned home, but they would return home a different way, with a different outlook on life, on God and on humankind. And we don't know what happened to them when they left, but we can believe, or I have to believe, they were somehow different. Because the Magi returned the way of faith fulfilled. 
They had seen their faith in that star lived out. They had discovered the end. And when these men struck out from their homes, they really left in an act of faith. Guided only by a star, leading them to some strange and distant land. To close, Billy Sunday said, Faith is the beginning of something which you can't see the end, but in which you believe. Faith is the beginning of something which you can't see the end, but in which you believe. And as James Taylor said, Home by another way, in his song, Maybe me and you can't be wise. Maybe you and me can be wise guys too and go home by another way. We can make it another way, safe home, as they used to say. Keep a weather eye to the chart on high and go home another way. Time to go home by another way. Home by another way. How are you going to be different on this epiphany? And take another way home on a new journey. Amen. Hi, kids. Would you like them to... We're going to get a front row seat. Okay. I got you. That's awesome. And just last week they talked about baptism. Maybe some today too, perhaps. Okay. We move into this time in our service of the renewal of baptism, and I probably should wear a robe for the part of their baptism, so I'm going to get my robe really quick. I feel, like, I feel a little underdressed for the baptism of two beautiful young girls like that. So prepare your hearts. Page 50 in your hymnal is where we'll be headed. And I shall return. Yes, please. We hate awkward silence. Sometimes we take things a little too casually. This is a big moment. And the big moments need to be celebrated to their highest. And uh, so, thank you for indulging me on that. Rich will be back in a minute, but I can start because we're starting up first. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. You ready? Come on up. Stephanie, come on up. Let's put you right here so that way you can pour the water in the bowl at the appropriate time and that sort of thing too. We'll back up from there. We're going to try this a little different because there'll be folks at home who want to watch. So we're going to try and do this a little more sideways than we normally would do it. So when we end up doing the baptism, we'll actually be turning more. So the camera's there now, as opposed to being there. So they're going to want to see their sweet faces, too. 
There you go. Perfect. And then I'll be able to use... You guys are the stars of the show here, and God, not me. And uh, so, today we're presenting these two young ladies for baptism. And Stephanie, who are we presenting today? Today I present to you Natalie Jade and Mackenzie Ann for holy baptism. It's exciting. Very exciting. And all of us, on one day of the year, we actually renew our baptisms as well as a whole congregation. So we'll be doing that together as well. And I will point you to that as we go. And there'll be some vows for you to take, one vow in particular for you to take as parents. Since the earliest times, the vows of Christian baptism have consisted first of the renunciation of all that is evil and then the profession of faith and loyalty to Christ. As parents, Chris and Tabitha reaffirmed these vows for themselves and take on the responsibility of them for their children until the age of accountability at confirmation. And all of us reaffirm those vows now as well. So I invite everyone to gather together and to be able to follow in pages 50, and I think Davis had it on the screen as well, for those of you at home, and to be ready to take these vows. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If you do, say, I do. I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If you do, say, I do. I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If you do, say, I do. I do. And to Chris and Tabitha only. Will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and your example they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? If you will, say, I will. And to all, according to the grace given to you, we remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world. If you will, say, I will. I will. The Apostles' Creed is a threefold question and answer form as, a, as that form appeared at least as early as the third century as a statement of faith used in baptisms and has been widely used in baptism services since. So let us join together in professing our Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of Old and New Testament. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day He rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of God the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing, Sing to the, the Lord, Lord, all the earth. Tell, tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your Spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all the nations. Declare Christ's works to the nation, his glories among all the people. Yes. Pour the water. Let's bless this water. 
Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All All praise praise to you, Eternal Eternal Father, Father, through your Son, Son, Jesus Jesus Christ, who who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. forever. Amen. All right. The time is nigh. Stay right there so you can lay hands on. And you're going to hold this. I'm going to go over here. You're going to move that direction. And just stand where I get my right hand in. And as the as the Baker twins will tell you, I'm no good at telling twins apart <laughs> until they got older. So I would like to. This is Mackenzie. So Mackenzie, I'm just going to place some water on top of your head. It's going to feel like you're out in the rain a little bit, but it's not going to be anything bad, okay? You're very brave. Oh, yeah, we're, we're not doing that. We, we, we as United Methodists believe it's not the amount of the shower that's the power. So there is as much God in this water as there is in an entire river full of water. They're all great and good, and God is present in all of them. Mackenzie? Mims? I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, if we we'll all lay our hands on her, if there's anybody who feels led to come up or just lift your hands up, we're going to all just do that. And you can lift your hands up, and we're going to pray the power of the Holy Spirit now on her. Mackenzie Ann, the Holy Spirit, work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Are you good? <laughs> Very brave. See, you saw it done now. See, it's all like you, you've seen what happens. Natalie. And then we add, see, we add your middle name when we do the prayer of the Holy Spirit over you. Natalie Mims. I baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we all lay our hands on her, lift our hands up towards her, and... Pray the power of the Holy Spirit upon her. Natalie Jade, the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. We have some candles for you that if Rick would find a lighter and light those just for a second to light them and remembering this moment. These are your candles. And every year on this date, which I'm always going to remember because it's my birthday too, so I'm always remember you guys growing up at the same time lighting your candles. I'll let my birthday candle as. Are you okay there? Okay. All right. Okay. So that candle will last. Yeah, it's going to be hard to put that candle. Just hold on to it. Uh, that candle will last forever. In one of those years, you can light it sometime during that time. You guys can blow them out now and put them in the boxes, please. Yeah, it's just to start it off. And then Miss Stephanie's going to get you a nice baptism certificate, all written up, and you can frame and do all that. And she'll make it pretty like she makes everything look pretty. And uh, congratulations to them. How about that? If you can stand right here in this space, everybody. Mark can get a good, he's getting some good angles on you there. Maybe someone takes a picture maybe somewhere so they can remember this moment. So I'll let you do that too so that they don't uh, have to try to recreate this. And then all of us gathered together. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. And will all of you, both here and at home, nurture one another in the Christian faith and life. And include these persons now before you in your care. With God's help, we proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. 
we will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. How about a celebration to God and to them once again for God's amazing power and glory. Congratulations. You may be seated. One reason we don't wear robes is because we're afraid it will catch on fire or knock something over. That's really the reason why we don't wear robes as much anymore. It's a little tight here with the way everything's set up. So, so. Well, that's pretty amazing. I, I can't say that I had a better day. So there's a couple of things that we're going to be doing here in a moment to remember our baptism, uh, each one of us. And I'm going to be extra protective today because uh, Omicron is spreading quite a bit. I want to make sure that you don't get it and I don't get it because i got a busy three weeks ahead of me. Uh, so I'm going to be double masked today just to make sure. And you are welcome to come forward. Remember your baptism if you feel comfortable doing that. I'll just be saying remember your baptism and be thankful. That's it. And you'll be in 15 seconds of contact. That's not much to do anything. But just so that you might feel comfortable, it's whatever you feel led to do. Um, I'll also have a bowl of water later on left out so you can be able to do that too. Um, but I'll be doubly safe for you so you can be able to do this as well here in a second. And what we're going to do here in a second is, is we're going to uh, be able to come forward. It's, there's two times a year that I ever have a chance to really touch the entire congregation. It's now and Ask Wednesday. And so this is it. And so once you come forward, I'll place the sign of the cross on your forehead. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Rick's going to hold a bowl of stones so you can be able to take that, that stone from and add to your collection or get your first one for the first time. Uh, some of us have these stones all laying somewhere and in a box or somewhere else over all the years of getting that. And then you are uh, want to take a star, which I'll do right now while I'm thinking about it. So the Squires family has put together these stars from IDEA from Brentwood United Methodist where I once served. And on the stars is a word. It's a word for you for this new year. My lovely daughter wrote the words. I wrote the verse on the back of them. And Susan tied all the strings. And so try not to find one that, you know, try not to look at the word. Try to grab a star without knowing what the word is, without picking it, so that you can let God speak to you. In that moment, there should be more than enough. There are 25 different words. And they're on both trees. So what I want you to do is you remember your baptism, grab a stone, grab a star to be able to think about that word for you in this new year on this different journey going home another way. And you're welcome to stay at these rails and to pray for a moment and return to your seats. And at the end, we had these last year. We couldn't use them as much last year because of everything that was going on. If you don't remember, we couldn't do this last year. We were still online by this point. Shower tag, which has a baptism verse on it and everything so that when you're in that shower and that water's coming down, you can remember your baptism every time you take a shower and start off a new day. And those are outside in the narthex as well. I think that's it. So let's join together in this litany before we come to remember our baptism. We come today to remember. We come to remember Jesus' baptism and ours with thanksgiving. We come today to remember the day that the heavens opened when the Holy Spirit's dove rested on Jesus and a heavenly voice declared God's pleasure. We come to remember that one greater than John, greater than all of us, is coming again. We come to worship and give thanks that we are known and loved and precious in God's sight. Let's prepare our hearts now to remember our baptism.
going to come forward here and just head to the tree, whichever side you're going to be coming. But come forward to me first, everybody in a single line. Who wants to come?
Let's remember that we're a child of God, claimed and cleansed. We haven't known that yet. It's waiting for us. Lord, wash over us in your spirit and your care. And let us join together and rejoice in the faithfulness of our covenant God. Join with me. We give thanks for all that God has already given you. We welcome you in Christian love to both Natalie and Mackenzie. And as members together with you in the body of Christ in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of our church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And if you haven't been baptized and would like to do that today during this song, you are welcome to come forward and doing that. And during this last song is when you're going to need your candles. As I mentioned earlier, it's been a tradition, has come to be a tradition in which we have lit these candles not only on Christmas Eve, but also on this Sunday of light. So as we sing Follow the Light, we're going to be coming through to light these candles together. And if you may indulge me, I may get a picture of all your candles lit. church or not today. I'm tired. Let's just sleep in. We don't need to be here for anything. But I want you to see, I want you to see how much this one candle, your candle, your light, lights up the world around you. Not just at a midnight service or on Christmas Eve, but the light every day. You're in charge of this light. What you do with it is up to you as God guides you. God wants you to shine that light on dark, dreary days like this with water pouring down and on sunshiny ones the same way. Because this light makes the difference in the world. Always remember that. Don't let your light be extinguished by anything or anyone. Let Christ's light always shine within you and all that you say and all that you do. And always, always follow the light. words of encouragement as we leave today. The light of the star, the light of God's love shines before you as you leave this place. 
Go in peace. Go in joy. Go in love to meet God's people in the world. Greet them with the good news of salvation. Go forth and follow the star. And when you have found the child, tell the good news to the world. May the blessings of God's love fill your hearts with overwhelming joy. Everybody both here and at home said together, Amen.